Welcome to the journey with Sarah Alexia, where we embark on life's roller coasters together because this life is not easy. Join me, your host, Sarah Alexia, as we navigate the twists and turns, finding comfort in the belief that with a touch of humor, because I can be funny, a sprinkle of motivation, and a dash of divine guidance, life's journeys becomes not just bearable, but truly remarkable. Get ready for a podcast full of wisdom, motivation, and the timeless words from the good book itself, the Holy Bible. Let the journey begin. Testing. Hey y'all, welcome back to the journey with Sarah Alexia. It is I, Sarah Alexia. I'm super excited that you decided to tune in on this Monday, this Motivation Monday. I pray that you've had a blessed week. I pray that you had a, a blessed weekend. Um, for my educators who live in the New England area, area, it is our first day back after February break. And, you know, I just pray that God gives you the grace and strength to push through to all the other careers out there. I just pray that God just continues to give you the strength and the grace to push through the career that he has blessed you with. Because at the end of the day, not everyone has um, a job, a career or anything like, you know, so the fact that you are blessed with one, just consider it all joy and just push through um, no matter what the circumstances may be. So I pray again that you just have a blessed week this week. And um, I pray that this episode blesses you. So. Today, today's episode is called Bargaining for Remembrance. Bargaining for Remembrance. Remember I said that the month of February will be the month that God will remember you. And listen, that word has been showing up for me. I have seen the fruit of that word. I have seen that word manifested. So like I know for a fact that God was speaking to me when he said that. So hopefully if you've been tuning in that he would also speak to you and that you would also see the manifestation of him remembering you. So today's episode, like I said before, is called Bargaining for Remembrance. So today we are going to be in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to 6. Again, 2 Kings verses. 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to 6. Um, like I always say, if you're able to just pause and just search the scriptures with me, that would be great. But if you are on the go or on the move, you can just listen as well. Um, so in 2 Kings chapter 20, verse 1 to 6, it reads, In those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people. This is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and the city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend the city for my sake and for the sake of my servant, David." Lord Jesus, I just ask that you breathe on your word and I pray that it would just minister to whoever, whoever is listening in Jesus name. Amen. 
So when we look at Second Kings chapter 20, what's happening here? There's three things that I notice um, that's happening. You may have noticed something else, but what I notice is happening is Hezekiah is getting ready to die to the point where God tells Hezekiah through a prophet that he needs to get his house in order and that he will not recover. Like Hezekiah, this is your last chance. Uh, you know, I hate to break it to you. You ain't going to make it right. The second thing that, that that I see happening is Hezekiah wasn't taking it. He he wasn't taking it. He wasn't really going to settle for it. He wasn't just going to take that word and die. So he pleaded with God and asked him to remember him. He he told God, like, listen, I've walked faithfully. I've served you. I've been completely devoted to you. Like, I'm not going to tell you like, hey, save me. But I just want to remind you, this is what I have done for your kingdom. This is what I've done for you. So if you really want me to die. That's great. But however, this is what I've done for you, right? And the third thing that I notice is that God responds to Hezekiah through the prophet again and says that he has heard his prayer and that he will add 15 years. Now, this is just a sidebar sidebar before I get into it, right? The sidebar is that I really find it beautiful how we no longer need a prophet to communicate to us about what God is saying. Like I've noticed um, through the book of Exodus, um, through 2 Kings, 1 Kings, through all like the Old Testament chapters, like the people would plead unto God, but then God will use like a prophet or a man of God to deliver the message back to that person. And I just think it's so beautiful how today, like we don't have to wait for a man of God or a woman of God to relay the message of what God is saying. So like, that's just something that we should really be grateful for and something that we really should just praise God for, because we don't have to go to a prophet. We don't have to wait for a prophet to speak to us. We can just literally receive the word of God. So that's just something to keep in your noggin um, as you move out through the week, right? So, um, so what can I get from the three points that I just listed? Here are my thoughts. Obviously, you can take these back to the Lord, but these are my thoughts when I think about what we just read. So Hezekiah, right? He hears this message that he's not going to recover and that he's going to die. But Hezekiah, in my eyes, he had to become like a child. Like when you think about a child, you know, like when, when they do something good, they're like, yo, mommy, I just washed the dishes. Like, can I get some ice cream now? Or mommy, I cleaned my room. Can I go to my friend's house now? Like to me, that's what Hezekiah did is like, God, I did this. I did that. Like, Hey, can you reason with me here? I've done a lot for your kingdom. Can you reason with me here? Like, remember I've done a lot for your people. I've walked faithfully. Like, can you reason with your people? And what I noticed about Hezekiah is that he didn't really tell God that, you know, to recover me. He didn't really tell God to save me. He just simply said, God, remember me for all that I've done. Like whatever that means to you, God, remember me for all that I've done. Like I think about um, what I talked about last week when the three criminals were on the cross and the the one that said, remember me when you enter into your kingdom, like he was still going to die. But when he said, remember me, remember me when you get into your kingdom. So like he didn't say save me, right? He just said, remember me. And that's the same thing with Hezekiah. He didn't tell God necessarily to save him. He just said, remember me for all that I've done, literally like a child. Sometimes as children, we try to be slick with our parents and say, mommy, I washed the floor in hopes that they will acknowledge what we have done and will reward us. And this is the approach that I believe Hezekiah took that he was like, you know, I'm not going to tell you what to do. However, this is what I've done. And however that moves your heart, you can go about it, God. That's how I believe that Hezekiah approached the situation. So here's like my general message as we talk about, as we end the month off with God remembering us. One, I believe we are living in a faithless society, especially amongst believers, where we're scared to ask God for the hard things, or we're scared to tell God, 
this is what I've done, right? And when we see in the Bible that this is happening, like we, this is not the first time where someone asked God for something hard or they told God, remember what I've done. Like I think about Abraham, I think about Moses and Hezekiah as an example, but there, it's okay to tell God like, hey God, I've done this. Can you, can you bargain with me here? Like, it's okay to do that. And I feel like we get so caught up and we have, we don't have much faith to believe that God will hear us and that God will answer us. Right. And it's not even just a faith thing. I believe, I truly believe the reason why we struggle with this is because we hold our childhood traumas against God. That you're probably like, what do you mean I'm holding my childhood trauma against God? Yeah, exactly what I just said. We tend to hold our childhood traumas and use them against God. So for example, mommy said no to you going to McDonald's after school because she received a bad report from your teacher. So you think that if you ask God for something, right, that he's going to say no because you truly believe that he's going to hold your past sins against you and that you're not worthy enough for him to hear you. Well, I just want to let you know that that's a lie. Like God is not going to, you know, block his ears from what you have to ask because of what you've done in the past. Like we, we got to stop thinking that God doesn't see us. We have to stop thinking that God will not hear us. God is such a loving God. He's such a faithful God. The only reason why Jesus died on the cross was because God loved us. So for us to think that God doesn't care about our prayer requests or for us to think that what we're praying is too big for God to handle or that we're not worthy enough to ask God for anything, that's a lie. Because the simple fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins is all the more reason why we can go to God. We can go to God with all our problems, with all our issues. There's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that we shouldn't take to God. God actually wants us to talk to him. So like, I just, I get real passionate about that because I feel like I've heard a lot of people just saying, well, I don't want to ask God that. I don't want to ask God this. Like, you know, I feel like, you know, I shouldn't be talking to God about that. All I should do is just do this. Like, you know, just pray and thank him for waking me up and ask him to protect me, but I'm not going to ask him for anything more or anything less. And I truly believe in my opinion, you know, God can correct me if I'm wrong. That's a slap in the face to God. Like, cause God, he, he literally sent his son, Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. Like, and he talks about it in the gospel, like ask whatever you want and it will be given unto you. Like because of Jesus's, because of Jesus's death on the cross, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and ask whatever we want. So like for us to not come boldly to the throne of grace and ask God for whatever we want, there was no point for Jesus dying then if that's the case. Like, yes, Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Yes, he died on the cross for our sickness, but he also died so that way we can be in communion with God and have that relationship with him and tell him all our needs. That's all I want to say. You know, I'm just really passionate about, you know, going to God as a father. So in addition to that, we need to come to God with childlike faith, not trying to predict the outcome, but understanding that he is a loving God. What do I mean by that? So sometimes when we do ask God for things. We try to predict like, well, God might say no because of this, or God might say yes because of this. But like when you come to God as a child, like think about a child, right? A child who's probably five, four, three, two, like a child who's able to talk, right? A child who's able to walk, but also has the knowledge of like, if I ask mommy or daddy this, they're going to give it to me. So let's say you have a child, they come up to you, right? And they want Robux. We know that Robux is a big thing. They want Robux. They're not going to come up to you like, oh, mom might say no, or mom might say yes. Auntie might say no. Auntie might say yes. They come in full expectation that you're going to say yes. 
they come in full expectation. And and sometimes they don't even care about the outcome, but they're going to come ask you anyways, boldly. It's not until children start entering like six, seven, eight years old that they're sheepishly asking you for things. But when kids are like five or younger, they come boldly in full expectation that you are going to say yes. And this is the same approach I believe we need to take when it comes to asking God for things. Like we need to come in full expectation. Like we don't know what the outcome is going to be, but we need to come boldly and to say, Hey dad, and Hey, yes, dad, we call him dad, but Hey God, can I get some Robux? No matter what he says, we just can God, can I get some Robux? God, can I get some McDonald's? God, can you get me ice cream? Like as a child, not expecting the outcome, not thinking, oh, God might say no, God might say yes, or God might tell me to wait a minute, but just come, just come as a child, come as a child, man. And he's got, at the end of the day, whether God says no or yes, we need to understand that whatever he says is because he's going to remember us. So if God says yes, that's because he loves you and he remembers you. And if God says no, he still loves you and he still remembers you because he knows you so well that whatever he says, he knows that it's going to be for your good. We know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and who are called according to his purpose. We need to rest in that. So yes, you may God, you may want, as we end this month, you may want God to remember you for a certain situation. And we're probably ending the month and you're like, God, you didn't remember me. But let me tell you, God did remember you. Just because it didn't happen the way you want it doesn't mean he didn't remember you. He actually did remember you. If it didn't come out the way you wanted it to, it's because he wants to protect you or he wants to do it another way. So for those of us who are thinking, God, you didn't remember me in this area, he did. He did. Trust me. He did. Whatever you were believing God for and it didn't happen. Trust me. He remembered you. It doesn't matter what, what you expected. Like, like I said, you need to surrender the outcome. Come like a child, not expecting anything, but expecting the fact that your heavenly father heard you and that he will answer by fire. So if it didn't happen your way, trust me, he still remembered you. If it happened your way, hallelujah, he remembered you right now. I want to give you four scriptures to remind you that you can go to God and for anything in prayer. Because I feel like we get into the mindset like, oh, I can't ask God for this. I can't ask God for that. But when his word literally says, even in the New Testament, that you can ask God for anything. So here are four scriptures to remind you that you can go to God for anything in prayer. Philippians 4 verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Present to re your request to God. He said, do not be anxious for anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition. So whatever is making you anxious, the mere fact that you don't want to go to God in it, bro, you're not abiding by his word. He said, don't be anxious about anything. Present your request to God. So if something is making you anxious, don't think that it's too much for God to handle. Present it to him, right? Mark 11, verse 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So whatever you're asking God for, believe that you have received it. Whether it comes out the way you want it or not, believe you have received it. Matthew 7, 7 to 8, ask and it will be given unto you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and the one who knocks the door will be open. What does that tell you? In order for God to, to answer you or in order for God or in order for you to get an answer from God or in order for, you know, whatever your heart's desires for it to come to pass, you have to ask. 
You have to ask. It says, ask and it will be given unto you. If you're seeking the will of God for something, you're like, God, should I do this? God, should I do that? But you're not talking to him. The word literally says, seek and you will find. Like if you want an answer, knock and the door will be open. And he says, for everyone who asks, receive. And the one who seeks, find. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Trust me, the door to that answer you're looking for will be open. The door to that promise that you're trying to step in will be open. But you must ask and it will be given unto you. And the last one I have for you is Matthew 21, verse 22. If you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. If you believe, you will see whatever you ask for in prayer. And another one that comes to mind is John 15, verse 7. I hope I said that right. John 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you want and will be given unto you. So in order for us to continue to ask and in order for us, you know, for God to really hear us, we must abide in his word. We must read his word daily. I talk about this probably in every episode. There is something about reading the word of God that literally brings you closer to him so that way when you are having these conversations with him and you are presenting your request to him, like you're not asking to the wind, but you're literally having a heart-to-heart conversation with God. It is important to have a heart-to-heart conversation with God. We're not just talking to ourselves and thinking that God is going to hear us, but we're having a heart-to-heart conversation with God. Imagine your heart connecting to God's heart, and you're literally just telling him your wants, your desires, what's making you sad, what's making you mad, having that heart-to-heart conversation with him. So I pray that this blessed you. One last thing that I want to talk about when it comes to having childlike faith. Um, it literally says in Matthew 18, verse 2, it says, it says, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So God is saying that in order for us to be great in the kingdom of heaven, we must become like children. And what is it? What is the difference between a child and an adult? A child literally is just navigating through life and it's seeking counsel and guidance for someone who's over them. Like, so I truly believe God wants us to to be like a child and put away what we know. Put away your understandings. Put put away uh, the wisdom that you believe you have. Put that all aside when you when you think about the kingdom of God and and really just come to Him as a child. Like stop stop thinking about your understandings and your findings, but really just put that all away and come like a child and say, Dad, I just want to talk to you. Dad, I just want to have a conversation with you. Dad, this is what I want. I truly believe it's important for us to take that position as a child so that way God can really see our hearts and so that way our hearts can really just be connected with God, like I said. So I pray that this blessed you. I pray that, you know, you go into this week like a child, man. Go into this week and say, I am a child of God. Like, I'm a child of God. Like, that's all you need to know is that you're a child of God and that you literally have a father in heaven who's listening to you and who cares about you. So I pray that this blessed you. And if it did, you know what to do, share it with other people. But um, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for those who are listening, God. I pray, God, that they would really get an understanding and revelation that you care about them too much for them to keep their requests in their hearts or for them to keep going to their friends and family about their requests. But God, that they would literally seek you first. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and everything else would be given unto you. So God, I pray that they would get a new revelation, a new understanding of what it is to seek you. So God, I thank you for what you're doing in their lives. I thank you, God, that you are about to do something new as soon as they get this revelation and as soon as they make the shift in their minds and in their hearts, God, I thank you that you're going to do something new in their lives, God, and that their lives will never be the same after this. So Holy Spirit, continue to have your way. Move by your power, move by your spirit. 
In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. I pray that this blessed you. I pray that you have a, a new mindset and a new shift um, when it comes to how you approach God. Listen, you can bargain for God to remember you, but you really just got to go to his throne. So have a blessed week. And as always, share this with somebody and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be blessed.